finally gave the Ringers Philly crew a podcast. I'm Ben Solak. And I'm Shiel Kapadia. That's right, just a couple Philly guys with the new space to fire off some Eagles takes, get caught up in the Sixers chaos and more. We'll be coming to you twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, plus bonus episodes whenever we get breaking news or Philly drama. Plus when Harden and Embiid somehow convince you suckers that this year is going to be different, our fellow Philly stands at the Ringer will have you covered on the Sixers and all your other favorite teams in town. It's Philly Sports Shield. What could possibly go wrong? Join the fun and follow the Ringer's Philly special now on Spotify. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Welcome to The Answer, where John Collins' national nightmare has finally, finally, mercifully ended. Um, Collins has been traded finally to the Utah Jazz for and basically a salary dump and a second rounder. Very, very anticlimactic. Uh, which is becoming a theme with a lot of these players who teams dangle for years and years and then end up just releasing for for close to nothing. Um, We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the latest Dame news. And then me and Michael Pina, who is joining me, uh, are going to go through 10 free agents and uh, the places, not necessarily that they will land, but that we'd like to see them land. So this is going to be a fun one. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Sirit. I woke up at about 4 a.m., opened up a Google Doc, wrote down 10 free agents in there that are somewhat random, but I think will make for a wonderful conversation as we work through this exercise. And yeah, I'm also, you know, John Collins. Let's just, I guess, start mm-hmm. there because that's the newsiest thing. Um Poor Hawks. I gotta say, like, should have been traded. How? When did we start? When, when was the first John Collins trade rumor? Like three, four, five years ago. It just feels like this dude has been kind of bandied about for a really long time. Since his third year in the NBA, it was pre-extension because it started Before off with the contract. The Hawks yes. are going to have to extend John <laughs> Collins. Should they extend John Collins? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should just trade him somewhere else that will actually want to extend him. Uh, And then they ended up extending him. And then you thought maybe after that, it would be safe for John Collins. I still personally don't think it's safe for John Collins. We'll get into that later. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, I, uh, I, it's, it's just basically been his entire career. He's like the miles Turner 
uh, of of being in NBA trade rumors. So when this trade happened, I got to be honest, I wasn't. I did feel bad for the Hawks, but I thought it was very uh, kind of predictable. Like I didn't expect them to necessarily get back just a second in terms of draft capital, but definitely didn't think they were going to get back any players of note. Thought that the whole point of moving on from them because of the new CBA was to shed salary, get under, get out of the luxury tax. And that's what they accomplished. And then uh, their ownership comes out and says, you know, we're not, we're not afraid of the luxury tax. It's like, I, you kind of are afraid of it. You've never went into it since you bought the team and you just took back Rudy Gay in a second because <laughs> you were so desperate to get out of it. So I, yeah, I feel bad for Hawks fans. And I think that the Jazz got an awesome player. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's like the the angle we should dive into a little bit. Like the Jazz, awesome. Really good. Yeah. Um, I have... Just to be able to get him for a second rounder, that's awesome. Um, it's a good use of their cap space. It's an interesting sort of. I'm kind of wondering if there's going to be a new function of how much higher the salary floor is and and the penalties involving mm-hmm. not you know not meeting the salary floor. It's like it's 121 million, and with the John Collins addition and after they sign their rookies, they're going to be right there. So this basically just gets them to the salary floor. It makes a ton of sense because they're not really a huge free agency destination. And if they do want to sign somebody, they still have about $14 million in cap space to do so. So it's just a good flyer. You know, John Collins is still super young. Um, he's coming off pretty much the worst moment in his trade value possible. Like you mentioned, like the, the fact that he just has a contract that isn't attractive anymore uh, in the new CBA. That help matters for for the for the jazz but also just mean like i think this whole thing kind of comes down to his finger right like if, if john collins finger is is uh has healed then this is an awesome situation for the jazz then some of the fit concerns uh don't really matter as much but yeah i just want to run through it for a second like john collins 20 in 2019 through 2021 for those two seasons shot 40 percent from three uh, mm-hmm. Then he hurt his finger, and he shot 29% last season. And there were images circulating of his finger. I'm sure everybody remembers them. Did not look good. Now, the bright <laughs> side is that in the final 21 games of the season last year, he was back to shooting 38%. So it seems like maybe he's you know on the upswing there. I also think that this just made it a really bad time for the Hawks to trade him. Like, I'm not really in poor Hawks camp. I'm in, like, really just poor asset management camp of this. Like, it's just... I know that they wanted to trade him for a really long time. They have basically been projecting that out for the last three years. And this was not the moment to do it. Like, he, they had him playing out of his role for the entire season. It was a down year for a lot of guys on the Hawks. Um, their offense just didn't click the way, the way it used to. Uh, his shot distance, 12.2 feet, was the farthest it's been in, in his career. Only 11% of his field goals were dunks. Only 29% of his shots came from within three feet. Like that, he was not playing John Collins basketball. So just being able to get, get back to that, I think will be huge for him. Love the dunk stat. 22% of his shots were dunks in 2020. As you just said, 11 
0.5% last year. That's, I'm not great at math, but that's half. So not the trend that you want if you're John Collins or the Hawks. Um, I love the fit, honestly, in Utah. I love um, putting him next to a rim-protecting big, which you mm-hmm. can do, obviously, with Walker Kessler. I love the idea of just being humongous in the front court with a lot of offensive versatility, putting him next to Lowry Markinen. I don't know how good your defense is necessarily going to be, but that's going to be really difficult to stop. And if John Collins attacks the glass um, and just plays with the motor that he did a few years ago when they made that deep playoff run, then this is fantastic. And as a pick and roll partner for Colin Sexton, um, he's great. I, I just like it a lot for them. And it's really fascinating that they did not have to give up any draft capital, any first round draft capital for a team that has more first round picks than I think anyone in the league. So weird negotiation from the Hawks and yeah, just a big L, but it's like huge. Also understood why, because like, they trade. They made the trade. It's just like the domino effect of the trade for Dejounte Murray. They didn't know that the new CBA was coming with the penalties that um, it would bring. But you have to extend Dejounte. You obviously have Trey on the max. You're just about to get really expensive, and I it just stinks. It stinks for them. I don't know how they bounce back in terms of. Um, I suppose like they just need more production out of. Uh, their young talent. They get a huge trade exception, 25 million, I believe, but I don't think that they're going to use it because it would bring them, put them back into the tax. So uh, it stinks for them, but awesome for the jazz and the jazz are really cool and uh, are able to kind of win now or try to win now and be competitive now while also having just like the brightest future in the league. So yeah, kudos to them. Yeah, I mean, the Hawks aren't scared of the lottery the way that Ben Simmons isn't scared of shooting threes. Like, it's all <laughs> hypothetical. We hear about it every offseason. But for once, I would actually just like to see them dive in, you know. Um, it's just not... I'm... So, I want to talk about both those things that you brought up. Uh, the the Jazz future. But let's just stick on Atlanta for a second here. Um, I just... what's What's the plan? What's the plan moving forward? You know, you traded for Deontay Murray. You gave up a bunch of picks for him. That had to be your all-in trade. It didn't work out. He doesn't really fit that well or complement your best player in the way that you need him to. He just doesn't space the floor. I think that's a big reason that we saw Trey Young's shooting numbers go down this season. Uh, some of that is Trey Young, but a lot of that, I think, is just a lack of spacing. Mm-hmm. Um we got to get into the question of whether they're going to keep Trey Young. Uh, it feels like they're going to kick it down, kick, uh, kick the can down the road for another season here. But I think you got to be looking at the Murray thing. And I just don't know how many, how many times billionaires can pretend that they don't understand sunk cost fallacy because this thing just doesn't work. And this whole team, I don't know. I look at it and I think I kind of want to see them blow it up, honestly. Like just try to recoup as many assets as you possibly can from what you lost in the Murray trade. And even start, you know, fielding the Trey Young calls early. Cause like when you look at what their plan is to get better right now, it makes absolutely zero sense. Like they spent all of draft night 
basically trying to get the Mavericks to want John Collins and, and they didn't. And now it's like they want to go find an all NBA type guy and they don't have the assets for an all NBA type guy. They use all of them on Murray. They have AJ Griffin, Jalen Johnson are probably, you know, their best young players. Um, a Kongwu. They don't have a Kongwu. Well, they're, they're going to want to keep him though, right? Like I feel like Absolutely. he's probably off the table. Absolutely. Um, I don't know that they have enough to consolidate into the tight. Like they, they're talking about trying to get Pascal Siakam. You're not getting Pascal Siakam for that. You're not really, you're, you're not even getting some of the guys that are easier to prize. So for me, it's just like, what, what do you guys do from here? It's tough. Like they thought DeAndre Hunter would be better. And mm-hmm. DeAndre Hunter is kind of, his development has been a little more static than, I think they hoped last season. I was about as high on DeAndre Hunter as anybody who covers the NBA. And I'm kind of, I've got like one foot off the bandwagon now. Um, And I should probably have just completely nosedived off of it uh, at some point last season. But they signed him to the $90 million extension. They extend Bogdan Bogdanovich at a pretty big number. Again, doing all of this before they they knew what the new CBA was going to look like. And they're kind of hard pressed to, you talk about sunk costs, but like you kind of need to extend DeJounte unless you want to get off that contract now. And I don't know what you can get for it because who's going to give you goods for him that are worth your while? Like who wants to pay DeJounte Murray big money right now? I don't know. Um so you're just kind of really hoping that like if I was looking at their roster right now and who I would try to trade, it would probably be like, like I want to get off Clint Capella maybe and just open up minutes for a Kongwu. Um, but even that's really tough. Cause like you just gave up John Collins for nothing and now you're going to be really small. But when you said blow it up, is that, is that just mean trade Trey? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with this team. <laughs> There's just like, I, I haven't felt good about anything they've done since they made the Eastern Conference Finals. And honestly, to your point about Hunter, too, I don't really blame you for having one foot in the door still because this is a team when you look at pretty much everyone that they developed, which is also why you have to feel a little bit good about Collins in, in Utah. Everyone does better when they leave. Kevin Herter is so much better when he's, when he's with the Kings. Uh, this team just did not really invest in the development of anybody outside of Trey Young. Like it's been so young centric this entire time and everybody else just has to kind of fit around. So for Hunter, I'm kind of, I'm ready to see what he looks like somewhere else. You know, I'm still not ready to completely give up on him. So maybe there's, maybe there's a case where you run it back and you try to, you know, see what these guys look like next year under Quinn Snyder in a new system. Yep. Mm-hmm. I still just don't think that adds up to like a championship level team, which then takes you just back down to that question of what do you do with Trey Young? It's tough. I, I like Trey as a player, uh, flaws and all, like obvious flaws and all, but I thought he played like really well in that playoff series against the Celtics. Like I thought he was going to be kind of beaten up a little bit on the defensive end, which he was granted, but he was also like unstoppable for stretches mm-hmm. on the road. Um, against a really good defense that I guess we now know wasn't that good of a defense, but um, yeah, it's just a, it's a tough situation for them. And it kind of just all goes back to the DeJounte Murray trade and the 
the corner it's kind of pit them in and they're just kind of banking on Trey to continue to get better and DeJounte to get better and Quinn Snyder to come in and just be the genius coach mastermind that he is and see what comes out of a training camp with all these guys. But building on for two years of first round exits, I don't know how you do it. It's going to be really difficult for them. They just, they need a leap from a Kongwe. They need a leap from AJ Griffin. They need a leap from Jalen Johnson. Maybe all those things happen. Um, and maybe their, their trade values go up and then you're able to kind of accelerate your timetable a little bit and keep Trey and keep DeJounte. I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's a tough spot for them mm-hmm. right now. And especially when you're not willing to spend money, which their yeah. ownership clearly is not. Well, that's where it comes down to, right? Cause if that's a plan, that's not necessarily a bad plan considering where you are right now, but then it's like, why do you trade John Collins? Cause I mean, nobody was going to do better under Quinn Snyder than John Collins especially coming off the year that he had, like just a perfect storm of bad circumstance in terms of fit. And then also just his three pointer disappointing with like when they, when they moved him to to the perimeter. So yeah, uh, nothing, nothing in, uh, in Atlanta really makes a lot of sense. Utah, on the other hand, gotta be a lot happier with, uh, with what they're doing. Uh, let me ask you something. Cause like, it seems like you're very enthused by the fit in Utah for, for Collins. Um, is there any part of you that worries a little bit about the marketing thing? Just, I feel like one of the reasons that he made a huge leap in Utah last year is just how many more of his minutes he was playing at the four Colin at, at the three. It's just something that we've seen that doesn't like, like we said, it's not his ideal fit. No, I think that, I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all if Collins comes off the bench, right? Like mm-hmm. that's totally a possibility. I think like, Markinen, it's, it's it's weird to like even label him at a certain position because they would play Markinen, Kelly Olenek, and Kessler at the same time and be fine. They would play uh, two of those guys in Jared Vanderbilt who can't stretch the floor at all and be like pretty good. So I think just like Markinen is really, he's just so skilled offensively um, and can space the floor and play off the ball and you can just run all these different actions with him or not with him and have him enhance what you're trying to run otherwise. Um, so I think the fit is is pretty good offensively and clean. Defensively, you're right. It's going to be really interesting to just see how they play. Are they going to just switch everything? With I think Lowry's like a really, actually, a really underrated defender, and he can hold up on the perimeter. John Collins has shown mm-hmm. that he can do that a little bit. Rim protection would be would be a problem when Kessler hits the bench, but... Um, but yeah, and then they the new rookie that they just brought in, who I don't know any rookies' names. I apologize, but <laughs> he Hendricks. said, that he, yeah, he said that he wants to be like Bam Adebayo. So I'm going to take him at his word and just say, "You're Junior Bam Adebayo." Like that's awesome. I want to be. He said, "I want to be Bam Adebayo. I want to be Jaron Jackson Junior." Okay, cool. Well, if you're like seventy percent of that, then the Jazz are just going to like win the title in three years, and that's great. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you kind of want to trust them after they drafted a rookie in Walker Kessler, who ended up being a great rim protector right away. Um, yeah, he's. He, I think if Hendricks is, you know, playable and you know, good in his rookie year, and kind of project out to what he is supposed to be in this league, which is just you know a floor spacing four who can protect the rim. I actually want to see what he looks like next to Collins because I've always thought that was sort of the perfect fit for him, like a Brooke Lopez type almost, like a 
a guy who can space the floor, but also protect the rim at the same time. So Collins can be the one who dives into space in, uh, on the offensive end. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I have a few questions, but overall I feel really good about, about this fit, but I'm also just kind of curious about what this means for John Collins long-term, uh, just cause of where Utah is right now too. Like they're, I, I love where they are. You can't like, you can't be mad at it. They can be competitive and also just, you know, they have a whole bunch of draft picks as well. They have a whole bunch of other people's draft picks as well. So it doesn't really matter to them if they win too many games either so yeah i I, but i also i I could see this just being a stop where john collins reinvigorates his trade value and then like goes and plays somewhere else as well that's a good call i think they you don't trade for this contract unless you think it can work though you know what i mean like it's pretty expensive and it's got a lot of years on it so i don't think you're just necessarily looking to flip it um you could for sure right away no i think if he plays himself out of this funk it's flippable yes i 100 percent agree but if he's like really good then obviously it kind of yeah. defeats the whole point of wanting to move on from him um because they don't need to be bad to ultimately hit pay dirt because of all the draft capital that they have from the Cavs and from the timberwolves so they're just in a really good spot i think collins is in a really good spot here i think they'll win a lot of games i think they will make the playoffs next year um and if everyone stays healthy um yeah jazz great hawks bad this episode is supported by state farm man i remember when i first got into a car accident it was pure frustration because i did not have state farm and now that i do have state farm it is an exclamation of pure joy But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Can we talk free agency now? Let's do it. Okay. So yeah, like I said at the top of the show, I sent you this email this morning and I had 10 free agents on it. And basically, I just want to talk about like where you and I want these free agents to go as opposed to predicting where they will. Because I think that the former is a way more fun conversation than the latter. Because the latter is kind of what everyone else is talking about. So I have 10 guys um, that I gave you. And should I, can we go out of order actually? Cause I just, I'm just realizing now that the first name is like really boring. <laughs> so we can, we can hit him <laughs> at some it's point. It's your world, uh, man. It's your okay, world. Okay, cool. Let's start, can we, let's just start with Grant Williams, which I feel that's like that's our, a great idea. That's a great our spirit animal, Grant Williams. We both love him so much. Um, it's looking like Grant Williams will, who's restricted with Boston. Uh, they just traded for Chris Dabsworth-Zingas. They have Al Horford. They have Robert Williams. They've got a loaded front court. I don't think that Boston will keep him. They could. That's for sure a possibility. But it feels like there's a team out there with cap space or that would be interested in a sign trade that would take him off their hands. Um, and the team that I would just like to see Grant on is the uh, Houston Rockets. I think this because 
it just makes a lot of sense for him. He can get paid a lot of money, assuming all the other big name free agents are like, thanks, but no thanks to Houston. He knows the head coach very well. Great culture guy can come in, make friends with everybody, make everybody around him better, make life easier for everyone, execute exactly what Ime wants, can be a voice in the locker room for Ime, obviously on the court guards every position, which is something that like no one on that roster can do right now. I assume that he may will want to switch everything or put lineups on the court with guys who can defend. Grant will play a ton. And I think he can make a lot of money there. And I think that he can be kind of, maybe I'm just like, you know, being way too high on Grant Williams, but I think that he can actually like turn some things around in that organization, which is like totally broken right now. Okay. I love this for a number of reasons. First of all, just the fact that you are so invested in Grant Williams getting the bag. (laughs) I just can't, can't ever be against that. Uh, It also allows us to see what, like what, what is Grant Williams like when you stretch him to his full potential? Like you give him the absolute most runway that you can. Um, Hell yeah. I love that. I love that. I want to see what that looks like. I feel like he's just been put in the box, especially last year. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I like it. I, the only reason I'm surprised by this is because the thing with Grant Williams is he's just, he exudes all of the traits that you need on a championship team. And I just feel like he is maximized when he is trying to contend, you know, he can, like you said, defend one, one through five, he mm-hmm. is a great rebounder. He is just big and stocky and bumps guys and will hustle. Like there's just, he, he does the dirty work. He does. He's, he's a hard hat lunch pail guy and he can hit his corner threes and he can attack closeouts. He's just, he's the perfect role player in the modern NBA. So I actually, I went through a, I went through a number of different options. Um, mm-hmm. The Mavericks are a really good fit for him. In my opinion, just because, I mean, they have, they've, since draft night, they've, you know, they've opened up that trade exception, about $17 million. And uh, they have the non-taxpayer mid-level as well. But um, I just, I have other plans for the Mavericks. I have other plans for the Mavericks. So, so do I. I'm sending him to Cleveland. <laughs> I think he's a perfect oh. fit in Cleveland. Wow. I Yeah. I love that. That's brilliant. They have their mid-level exception. Yes. That is brilliant. Um, so he would start at the three, I assume. He would start at the three, yeah. So you don't have to deal with the O'Carroll problem. He's an excellent corner three shooter. Um, and he also shores up their rebounding, which was a huge issue for them in the playoffs. And he's just, he's a good presence. Like you said, this is a team, that's a team that already likes each other. And you don't necessarily want to bring anybody in who's not going to kind of continue that juju. But he is just, I mean... The guy is always smiling and he, he never shuts up. And I just, I really like that for a Cleveland team that is already, I mean, like between him and Mobley, just imagine the defensive communication as well. Oh man. Very sexy. Do you think every day at practice, Donovan Mitchell would bring up the fact that Grant Williams once told him he was going to make two free throws? <laughs> would that be like an everyday conversation or would he just say it once and then just never mention it again? Cause they would be really close friends. I think it could go either way. I think like it depends on Mitchell's read on him, right? <laughs> like if, if, if Grant is the kind of guy who can take it, which I think he can, Grant Williams does not give a shit what you say about him ever. 
So maybe it could be the type of thing that just like he brings it up all the time and it shows you how cool he is. But if he, if it's like one of those things that he can't laugh off, then I don't think Mitchell will bring it up as much. That's why I love the fit though. Just a lot of high EQ guys. I once uh, interviewed Grant and he told me that his greatest asset on the Celtics was that everyone could make fun of him and he could take it. So I think he would be, I think he would be good with that, that dynamic. Um, that's a really good call by you. I love that. That would be amazing. I don't know how realistic it is or if he's, if I feel like the Celtics might just bite the bullet and match if a team offered the mid-level, but who knows maybe cause they are probably going to play pay Jalen all this money and, I don't know. That'd be really fascinating, though. Um, and I would Go love to see the, that. Uh, Phoenix Suns just explode through the apron strategy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, Phoenix. Uh, we will not be talking about Phoenix today. Um, do you want to just now just drop a name of a player on this list and we can just go through it randomly? Yeah, sure. So I just mentioned the Mavericks. Um, this won't happen. This won't happen. I really want to see it happen. I want the Mavericks to say... We tried the Kyrie Irving thing. It didn't oh go God. that well. We got to let it go. I think we might be on the same page here, but continue. Okay. okay. Fred Van Vliet would fit so well on the Dallas Mavericks. He is, well, he's a better defender. He is a much better cultural fit. He's a great leader. Just honestly, like a really good locker room presence, holds guys accountable. Um, would be an awesome fit around Luca, just with his, I feel like he's always been at his best when there's another point guard around him. It doesn't put too much of a playmaking burden on him. It kind of is like the Jalen Brunson thing. He can focus on being more of a scorer. He's a really good shooter. Um, and if you don't bring up, bring back Kyrie, you can throw that money at Fred and it's, it'll be close to enough and he'll go to a contender and yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I love that fit. And then you have the thing with the Mavericks is after what they did on draft night is like, they could actually field a real team next year. They could really do some things. And I just look at it and I'm like, man, I really don't want you guys to go and sign the perfect role players. And then none of it matters. Cause you have Kyrie. This is not who I had. I will say, um, I love it though. Love it a lot. A hundred percent agree with you. I'd much rather have Fred Van Fleet. I pretty much, any price than Kyrie Irving. And I think what he would do for just as a complimentary piece, two-way player, uh, super selfless, makes more sense accentuating Luca. You can obviously stagger their minutes, but you don't really need to. They can play together as much as you want and they'd be really awesome. And, uh, Fred can play with the ball, can play off the ball. He's done that in it throughout his career. I love that a lot. Um, my Fred team before I, we kind of, I tell you what my Mavericks pick was my Fred team is the Spurs. And it's because first of all, yeah, they, they can afford him. They can pay him a ton. And I just think that Fred is just a, perfect point guard for the first three, four years of Victor Wembanyama in San Antonio. And he's just a pro's pro. Um, for all the reasons that he would work in Dallas, he would work in San Antonio. And as a guy who could set up, obviously, Victor in a lot of different ways, 
and be really helpful on the defensive end too as a communicator, as a high-level communicator. Um, he can help Keldon Johnson. He can help Devin Vassell on the offensive end, both those guys, Sohan. Like that that quintet right there, when you play them, when Victor's at the five would just be, that's like league pass cocaine for me. Like I would, I just, I need that. Um, so that would be really cool. And, um, I would love to see that even though Fred is 29, I believe, and not close to the timeline that you want, but I don't really care about timelines with someone like Victor. I would just want to be like worried about his development while also wanting to be competitive. And I think that uh, Fred would check both those boxes off. So that's my Fred pick. I love that. I, uh, I heard that in your, I just, I read that in your column today and just want to plug your column. That's it. Appreciate yeah. you. Can I, can I, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm chomping at the bit okay. for my Dallas no. pick. Cause I love it mm-hmm. so much. So uh, obviously, yeah, this has to be with them being like, thanks, but no thanks to the Kyrie Irving experience. We're just going to announce you. We're going to take your cap, hold off the books. Uh, Draymond Green, come on down. Three years, a hundred million dollars. Um, I just love it. I love everything about it. I love it. Uh, like I don't care about people can talk about fit, can't shoot. How is he gonna space the floor for Luca? For me, it's like okay, you're in a playoff series and you have to go up against Luka Doncic and Draymond Green. Like, (laughs) have fun. That's gonna be terrible. Like, that's just the toughness, the versatility, um, the IQ, the vision. uh, It's just, it would be amazing. I would love it so much. Um, And no one would want to play Dallas. Like I, I think you'd have arguably the best defensive player in the league and arguably the best offensive player in the league. And yeah, it would just, that would be great. So that's my, my Dallas, my, well, my Draymond pick is the Dallas Mavericks. Oh man, I love that. I love that so much. Because Luca, Luca, more than anything else, needs a release valve. Mm-hmm. And then let's say you bring back Dwight Powell. That's that's Lob City right there. Um, they have the shooters. It's perfect. I love it. I love it. I also I love the idea of Luca kind of having to reinvent his game a little bit and finding a way to to make it work with a guy like Draymond Green. I don't worry about the shooting. Um, you know, Draymond has found ways to get around that for his entire career. He's just such a smart player. Yeah. This kind of ma- this makes me want to jump into uh, who I want going to the Mavericks because it still works with your Draymond plan. Okay. And then I think it actually, I think it really accentuates things. Uh, Bruce Brown, who has been linked with the, the Mavericks basically since, since draft night, since they opened up all that space. Um, yeah, now, even more so in this situation, this is a guy who can space the floor. He's a really good cutter. Now you surround him not only with one, you know, all-time passer, but two. Um, just really good, at, really good at reading the game. So that kind of mitigates some of... I mean, he'll, he, he'd play so well next to somebody like Draymond. Um, he's obviously a good defender. He can handle the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It just it gives them yeah it gives it gives um it rounds out their versatility. Apparently, they are also he's a guy that they were looking at last season too. Yeah, the one thing for both of us, I feel like the one issue would be your tempo and like how fast you're gonna play. Because like Bruce Brown likes playing fast, Draymond mm-hmm. likes playing fast. 
Luca doesn't like playing fast. His teams are habitually at the bottom of the league in pace, but I feel like Dallas not doesn't need to play faster, but because obviously like you look at the numbers, their half court offense, all of it with Luca on the floor is amazing, whatever. They're not doing it wrong. I think like, you know, putting your foot on the gas a little bit more with him could be interesting, particularly if slash when he gets into better shape as his career progresses. Mm -hmm. So I love it all. These are all wonderful additions for him. And I would argue they are doing it wrong. I would argue they are doing it wrong. Yeah. I just, yeah, I get it. Number is cool. I don't, I don't ever see these teams that just plod ever win in the playoffs. I think Luca needs this. And early in his career, this, the teams that he were on played with much more pace. It went down significantly, you know, as he kind of just manned more and more of the ball handling load. And like, when you look at him play, he's just not having fun anymore. There's so much pressure on him. He has to do literally everything. He needs some, he needs to like get out and transition and throw some like outlet passes, 80 feet, you know, they need to start having some fun again. I want some like rookie second year Luca magic action i don't like i'm so sick of luca math man like he's just not that type of player he's (laughs) trying to fashion himself into that guy but i don't like i just don't need that from him and i don't think the nba needs that from him and i don't think it's really to you know the the benefit of his team either i love this take um play faster dallas that's i think what we're trying to say you have josh green who you weren't willing to give up in a clint capella trade just uh Play faster. Also, before we move on and I talk about Bruce Brown for a second, um, on this pod, we talked about DeAndre Ayton fake trades, and I had one um, sending him to the Dallas Mavericks for JaVale, uh, Reggie Bullock, and Tim Hardaway Jr. And it was reported by Mark Stein recently that the Suns and the Mavericks were talking about basically that exact same trade possibility i think i don't think reggie bullock was in i think someone else was in i'm blanking on who that player it was Rajon holmes okay okay Rajon, yeah like pretty much as soon as as soon as they traded for him yeah okay um because yeah. that construction if you just add in bullock like i don't know why can't i mean it's a little maybe too late now based on who they drafted but uh anyway we were very close to nailing that just want to get that out on the record i'm glad you brought that up it's uh it was Apparently because the Suns didn't want McGee to be included in the trade, which doesn't make remotely any sense to me. So maybe I'm reading that wrong, but it also shows you exactly where the market is for Aiden, which kind of goes back to the Collins point too. Of like, what do you do with these types of guys at this point? Like overpaid, somewhat versatile four or five, men who essentially are elite level rollers for really good like they play really well off of elite perimeter talent but they're paid so much money which is why a guy like clint capella who does all those things at like an 80 percent level and knows who he is and doesn't try to be more than that has much more value than them at that point it's just we're in a very strange place with that type of player so my Bruce Brown team that I want to see Bruce Brown on is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I don't really care. I, I honestly think that long term, 
I understand the money difference with him um, opting out in the maximum amount that Denver's able to pay him versus what he can receive on the open market right now. Like, I get it. It's a lot. But I honestly feel like he will maximize his earnings as a player in Denver if he just stays in Denver for the rest of his career, so long as they'll have him. Like, it's just some things are so perfect. Like, he makes so much sense there. He is so key and was so critical off the bench in the finals and throughout the playoffs and all season long, frankly. And like, if he stays, they are the prohibitive favorite to win it all. And if everyone stays healthy, they will, they will go back to back. They are amazing. So I just feel like what else is what, what, like, where can he, I know you just said Dallas, but like almost any other team in the league too. It's like if they pay him the, the non-taxpayer mid-level or even more than that per year, like where is he going where he'll have more fun playing basketball and he'll have a better chance of winning at the highest level. I don't see it. And again, I understand the money, but like stay in Denver, dude. Like it's, um, it's an amazing situation. And I just hope that, they keep it rolling. A couple Walmart shares, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I think one, one place you could have a lot of fun, Sacramento. Okay. That's fair. I think that'd be a great fit for him. That's fair. Uh, the other alternative that I was thinking is that Utah signs him, and then at the trade deadline, they trade him back to Denver for two protected first rounders. <laughs> that could work. Also a good idea. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. I'm saving one that I just, it's going to blow your mind and I love it so much. So let's go to a boring one. Uh, We were originally going to start with James Harden. I'm kind of bored with this one already, so we'll we'll zoom through it. But I don't know. Like (laughs) I I thought long and hard about this as as some like creative team and fit. And I'm just like, just go back to Philly. Like I don't (laughs) don't really have anything fun to say here. Um, Get get the max. Um, Maxi will be better. Uh, Maybe PJ Tucker stays healthy. Embiid stays healthy. And 
I don't know. You're good. You're a really good team. You have great chemistry with your teammates. Nick Nurse instead of Doc Rivers, you know, unlocks some stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just, I, I, I'm Those sorry. Those are all true I'm, things. Those are all true, are all true things. Uh, what are your thoughts here? I want him to go to Houston because I'm sick of watching him in the postseason. Can we move on to the next guy now? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I want to. I want to hear your blow my mind take. Okay, um, Brooke Lopez. He's been linked to several teams. None of them are the one that I'm about to say. Um, Brooke Lopez, full mid level. Memphis Grizzlies, and here's the thought process. Obviously, Brandon Clark tore his Achilles, not going to be able to play next season. Um, You have Tillman, you have Adams, who would probably need to go in some type of transaction for this to make any type of sense. You have Jaron Jackson Jr. You just traded for Marcus Smart. Brooke Lopez, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marcus Smart... I'm sorry, like, are we, is this like the greatest defense of all time? The ability to double down on your strengths with rim protection. No one is scoring at the rim with this team. I feel like to beat Denver, you have to be extremely physical, extremely huge. You have to throw multiple bodies at Nikola Jokic. And this is a recipe to do that. Now, offensively, you can say whatever you want. Like a lot would fall on John Morant, Desmond Bain's shoulders, I suppose, as scorers. But I also think that Brooke Lopez can shoot threes. Jan Jackson Jr. can shoot threes. And this would just be, no pun intended, an absolute bear of a team <laughs> to go up against in a seven game series. And uh, it sounds insane. I understand that. And again, you'd have to take care of Adams and move on. Somehow, that's not really covered here. It's not my problem. But I just think like you're adding a pros pro, 35-year-old, into this locker room. And why not? Like it's the rim protection's amazing. What do I like? You have the, the three of the best defenders in the NBA on your team. Like it would just be, it would just be amazing. I just, I love it a lot. So I'm half joking and half just dead serious with this one. Okay. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. I, I absolutely love this. I'm also a little, I'm a little flabbergasted that, I mean, it makes sense. They have so many young guys. But that even after the Marcus Smart trade, the Grizzlies have their mid-level exception. Yes. Had I known that, perhaps I would have rep- like I that that just completely slipped my mind, and that is just man. I feel like every three months I just go off about the Grizzlies cap management, but just once again, my God, um, yeah, I love this. I have no notes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I thought my Brooke Lopez thing was going to be awesome. Yours just blew it out of the water. I love no, this. No, I want to hear yours. They have to do... Like, yeah, I mean, you'll get, yeah, but like now it's, you know, whatever. Like, wow. <laughs> I love this trade. This is my this is my favorite one so far. Or not this trade, this signing. This is my favorite one so far, easily. I'm proud of it. Nice work. Nice work. Thank you. Um, I had Lopez. Well, I, I won't spend too much time on this. I really like it, but uh, we talked about it before. 
I think Brooke Lopez to the Thunder would be really good. Um, he could be insurance against Chet. They need spacing. They need rim protection. They need rebounding. They could use a bit of a veteran pre- presence. They need to get over the salary cap floor. He's potentially a guy that they could flip later down the line to a contender once Chet is ready. And if they want to like, you know, go back into the tank for one more season, I personally think it's kind of time to just rev the engines up. But it's it's an option with a guy like Brooke because there's going to be a ton of contenders that will want him. And I don't want any of the wings if I'm the Thunder. I don't want to eat into any of J-Dub or Giddy's touches, you know, unless it's mm-hmm. Cam Johnson. Um, like, I don't want I don't want to spend that money on like a Harrison Barnes or a Kyle Kuzma type of guy. Right. So yeah, that's, that's my pick for, for Lopez. That's a great pick. I think that there's a roster crunch there with just the amount of guys that they have in their contract that could make it a little tough, but I like the fit. And if that were to happen, how far do you think the thunder could get in the playoffs this year? Man, that's a really good question. They were such, they were so good in the back half of last season Awesome. Um, I think the play or the play in kind of exposed their lack of spacing. It was just a lot of line drives to the rim that you know were were tough shots. And this, I mean, having a guy like Lopez definitely helps mitigate that. You assume SGA is going to be better a year. Giddy's going to be better a year. J Dub's going to be better a year. You can't assume total full progress from you know, every single one of their young guys, but from those, Mm -hmm. like maybe SGA is just who he was last year. That's fine. That's more than fine. Um, Man, they could, I think they could be like a second round out. So you think they could win a playoff series? They could could win a playoff series. Yeah. I do not disagree. Um, It would be really funny if the team that they beat was the Phoenix Suns. Like that would be, (laughs) be great. (laughs) Um, no, that's that's that would be very fun. And now you've talked me into this happening because I just I just want the Thunder to be really competitive and to actually taste the postseason. I want Shea to taste the postseason this year. They have so many just I mean, Giddy, J-Dub, um, Chet. I'm just really fascinated to watch them all integrate on the floor and honestly like Davis Breton's coming in in that trade like I feel like he'll be pretty good too so to provide some spacing so Mm -hmm. that's a great one I like that a lot let's move on now to Chris Middleton he'll probably go back to Milwaukee because the NBA is boring Um, my team is the Indiana Pacers like a four-year, $160 million contract or whatever. Just something totally, not exactly the max, but a lot of money. Um, all guaranteed. And it's, again, not like a perfect timeline situation there with Halliburton and Matherin and Jairus Walker coming in as a rookie. But they just don't have any wings who can like be on be a, a, a true three or go up and play stretch skill four um in smaller lineups like i i think it would be really cool there and it would be really fun to see how um his presence would elevate everybody else and watching him play with Halliburton and watching him kind of carry an offense 
uh, as a as a primary ball handler when Halliburton's on the bench, or even the style of play that Halliburton um, kind of, I guess, inflicts on his team, where it's like it's so selfless and he doesn't need the ball to dominate, and he can play with anybody. Uh, I think just as one of the more talented players out there, this would be just a really fascinating match. And I think that the Pacers could like really take up, I don't know how, how massive of a leap, but like they would be respectable and competitive. I think if you added him and he was able to stay healthy. Yeah. I love that. Like offensive infusion. He is not necessarily a guy who needs to be playing in a big city. I don't think he cares about that. Uh, I think he'd be a good culture fit. Um, I worry a little bit about what that fourth and third year would do to their cap sheet when they have to start thinking about Matherin and and Halliburton, but I do think they might be able to get away with it in the similar way that like a team like Oklahoma or Detroit can get away with making a veteran signing this year and, you know, worry about the extensions later because they have so many young guys, they might be able to pull it off. Um, They probably should. They don't have to, like, it's, it's really the guys that you're locked into are Halliburton and Matherin, really, at this point, everybody else is kind of a maybe. So I like it. Yeah, I like it. Like the the more you talk about it, the more I'm like it's kind of perfect. Um, defense would be good. At the same time, um, they they get they get that sort of shot creation that Halliburton is still sort of working towards too. Yeah, you know, like that fourth quarter, he's definitely going to get me something. Um, they're both kind of, I know it's a bit of a nitpick, but they're both kind of like skinny shot creators. I feel like I almost want like a bit of a counterbalance there, but Middleton's, I mean, he's just, he's such an ace from the mid range. It doesn't even matter. And he's so good navigating screens, him and him and Turner be nice. They'd be pretty versatile pick and pick and roll, pick and pop attack as well. This is, yeah. this is a really good pick. It's a really good pick. Did you have a Middleton home or? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably go back to the Bucks, but I like him in Sacramento. I like him cooking off these DeMontis ball screens. They need yes. some size in the perimeter. They need defense. Um, kind of the same, the same reasons that I like him on the Pacers. There's just like a really elite passer there that I think he can play really well off of. Middleton off the ball is something that, you know, it's just like he, he played himself into a star. It's something that he definitely knows how to do. It's something that I don't think we necessarily even saw enough in Milwaukee, uh, just because their offense was so simplified. Um, yeah, I, I want him, I want him kind of in like a, a constellation around a, a really good playmaker situation. Just see what that looks like. So I love that. That was uh, my plan B for Middleton was Sacramento makes a lot of sense for all the reasons you just laid out. Uh, my Sacramento player was for this exercise was Kyle Kuzma, who's basically, I, I don't know, like in terms of positional uh, necessity and whatever, like he's kind of uh, just a younger Middleton, I guess, if you're the Sacramento Kings, just uh, definitely more dynamic on the defensive end and uh, way more athletic and I think can maybe take more advantage of the dribble handoff game a little bit with with Sabonis and assuming that they still want to play extremely fast. Kuzma makes a lot of sense there, and that is actually where it seems he will go. Uh, if you know Draymond resigns in 
Golden State and they just have all this cap space. Like Kuzma feels like the the actual target for them, and you can understand why he's like a talent upgrade on Trey Lyles and Harrison Barnes, assuming Barnes bounces. So that's my, I guess my king's pick is Kuzma. Did you have a Kuzma? destination yeah mine's kind of strange i mean i get the detroit connection it's a little boring to me so i'm not gonna go with it uh plus it seems like their number one target is cam johnson anyways uh i'm I'm, i have him going to the clippers in a side and trade for eric gordon um it's a little under so the last i read was that kyle kuzma is looking for about 30 million dollars per year okay cute yeah, I would also. I'm also looking for thirty million dollars per year. Uh, you were just in the Hamptons. I'm think. I think you were, you know, just fielding <laughs> meetings from ESPN, the Athletic, just kind of, you know, doing your your Kevin Durant free agency thing. I hope mm-hmm. you get close to that number too. I think. Uh, I think something closer to the low twenties is more realistic for Kuzma. Uh, it brings him back to LA which on a personal level, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Uh, but the Clippers just need, they need much, they need someone they can rely on as, as a forward. Like it's just the Batum thing just, just isn't really working. Um, the all wing experiment is just like, I, f- I feel like, I feel like Ty Lu is so reluctant to use Covington, uh, which is, Really, what would you feel that? that? He is. Yeah, just, yeah, just, it's just a little. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's just a vibe that I get. Uh, yeah, I think you know, just an infusion of of scoring for them, uh, floor spacing, tertiary scoring. Get Kuz back to LA, man. He belongs here. Can we do a quick, extremely quick tangent? Since you brought up the Clippers, um, I wrote this hypothetical in my uh, column I did just, you know, scattered thoughts about off, I guess just like a off season primer or whatever. And I wrote about the Clippers and I wrote about a con- consolidation trade. Um, Norm Powell, Marcus Morris and a future first for Carl Anthony Towns. And I wanted to run it by you because I just, I wrote, I wrote that, I came up with that idea after the Collins trade. And I guess just like generally after the past few transactions and where, you know, obviously Bradley Beals was special, but even just, you know, the return they got for Jordan Poole and just how money is being treated, I guess, uh, around the league and Cats a really talented player who's in his prime changed the game forever, you know? Um, but like the super max that he's about to get is just like, it's a lot of money. I think it's like 49 million next year or something, not next year, the year after that he's about to, that it'll kick in. It's just, it, it's an absolutely ridiculous contract. Shout out to him for getting it. But with Rudy, with Nas Reed, who they just uh, who they just re-upped, like I just think like the clock to move Cat has never been ticking louder, and I don't think that a lot of teams will be like, "Oh yeah, I'll give up firsts for this," because the price is just the price. And so my thought process is just basically like 
Steve Ballmer will pay that. And you have Cat, PG, and Kawhi. That's pretty good. So am I am I crazy with that? Like, is that price like way too low or did that make sense at all? No, you're absolutely not. Can we actually so we only have two guys left. I don't think they're two guys we really need to hit that badly. Can we just skip to what's next? <laughs> sure. Because um I was thinking the exact same thing about Cat. Uh, the, the Beal trade, I think, really set a precedent. Cat's contract is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, for as talented as, as, as he is on offense, he does not hit the Jokic level in terms of consistency, knowing how to leverage all of his skills, you know, like through the course of all four quarters. I think we saw that in the Denver series. Um, so, yeah, he's a super max player with a lot of, and, and there's the whole defense thing. Like there's, he's a super max player with a lot of flaws, which I think means he is gettable for not a ridiculous sum of money. So I basically had this ridiculous proposal in my mind that basically every team that port, every player that Portland has been connected to in order to try to appease Dame should be finding a way like should basically I think every single one of those players Brooklyn should be finding a way to try to get so that they can also go get Dame and look Spencer Dinwiddie Joe Harris both expiring next year that combines to about 39 million dollars they have every pick in the known universe I think they could trade for Carl Anthony Towns and also trade for Damian Lillard Oh, okay. Yeah. You just, uh, blew my mind with that one because I was about to cut you off and be like, Oh no, they don't have to trade Spencer. They have Ben Simmons contract. They'll just, no, that's actually very interesting. So you would have Mikhail, Dame, Cat. Are you re-signing Cam Johnson? I mean, you can, that's, does Joe does Joe Sai have this stuff? Are you just for getting it? back into the hey Joe, like actually we're spending money again situation? Like I feel well, like I that's that worthwhile. That was always a plan. That was always a plan, wasn't it? Like they wanted to stay competitive. Yeah. yeah, I that is. I mean, that's a lot of talent. It's complimentary talent. Um, if you can keep Nick Claxton, then like Cat Claxton, that really works. Mm-hmm. That really protects him. That would be... Uh, I like this a lot. Plus you have Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah, this team would be very scary if that were to actually happen. Um, so we're transitioning into a damn conversation real quick? Yeah. Is that what Basically. we're doing? Okay, yeah. great. Um, by the way, Dylan Brooks was our last free agent um, and I had him going to Portland at the full mid-level. Um, in my off-season primer, I... Uh, wrote a whole thing about like how I would just love to see Dame stay and for them to move pieces around and, uh, you know, move Simons, move Nurkic, re-sign Jeremy Grant. Hope you get the leap from Shaden Sharp. Hope Scoot Henderson plays and looks like a rookie of the year and just see where the chips fall, you know, re-sign Matisse Thibel, um, improve your defense. I don't like Dylan Brooks is the guy who I think would make sense there just because if you can add more perimeter defenders around Dame, as many as you can, the better. 
Like that's kind of where my head's at right now with Dame. And maybe mm-hmm. I'm just naive and dumb about it. And a trade is obviously coming because they just drafted someone at his position uh, with the third overall pick. But that's what I would like to see. I would like to see him stay there. I would like to see them be competitive, um, change their identity a little bit, get more defensive oriented uh, instead of like, I just, I don't know, like Miami heat fans will be upset, but like, I'm just not, I don't know. Like if you're Portland, what do you, what do you, why would you want Tyler hero and Duncan Robinson and picks like just keep Dame. Like, I, I don't know. Like, am I wrong? No, I think, I think like one thing we haven't really talked about enough is extending the pool of Dame candidates out from Miami. Like, I feel like we've been talking about it. Like it's just Miami. Um, obviously like, like we, there's a report that Dame did not request a trade when he met with the Blazers front office. That is, you know, that is just a Dame story at this point. Um, I still think that could change if it doesn't, then yeah, they run it back. I'm bored of that though. Like I just, I'm, I'm really, I, I, I really want to see Dame somewhere else. One thing I was going to ask you is if you're the Sixers and you're looking at the Miami offer, like it's part of you just like, well, Tyrese Maxey is a much better young player to get back than Tyler Hero. They don't have the assets around it quite as much, but they could do like two first rounders and pick swaps with Maxey. And that to me, I don't know, like would you rather have that or a deal centered around Hero? I don't know because if I'm, I don't want either. <laughs> like if I'm Portland, and I'm moving on from Dame. I want to get whatever I get back will allow me to build around Scoot, right? Like Scoot is my yeah. franchise player. So I don't think Maxi, I love Maxi. I don't think a Maxi Scoot backcourt is really doing a lot for me, especially after the Lillard CJ McCollum era. That's fair. That's fair. So. I don't know what you can get back from New Orleans. New Orleans is like a really intriguing trade partner for me because they have so much, uh, so many draft picks still, like a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know what, like, if they're interested in Dame at all, like, I don't, like, what, am, what players am I getting back? I just don't know how that kind of works. They're a really fascinating team, though, to think about. Um, and Brooklyn, the first one that you brought up, like they have all the picks. Like I would want all the, I would just want draft capital and I would really love Phoenix's draft capital. Cause I think Phoenix is going to mm-hmm. be absolutely terrible very soon. Yeah, like, they have, they might, yeah. like give me, I can't take the pick swaps, but like, or maybe I can, I don't even know if you can trade pick swaps. I'm not a cap expert. I'm sorry, but give me those first. Like, when Kevin Durant's out of the league, uh, I want the Phoenix picks. Like, <laughs> give me them, please. So that would be my preferred package. But I would also, if I was Portland and I was Dame, I'd just be like, let's make this work. I think we can be like pretty good next year and in the years to come. I'm like, I'm mean, you're only 32. What if Scoot by year two, year three with Shaden Sharp is like all-star caliber player. Like who knows? Uh, so 
I hope that that happens. My eyes are glazing over, honestly. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I just, I can't do another year of this. I just can't do it, man. <laughs> hey, that's totally fair. This is not my favorite topic of conversation. I would like for it to be resolved in some form or fashion. Unless they can actually go and get like a Siakam or an Ananobi or a cat. I mean, in in the Blazers context, I since like really really worry about their defense if it's Cat on the Blazers. But unless they can go and get one of those guys, I just I really just want this experiment to end. It's time. You're like Dame. You're 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 a made man in in Portland. It doesn't matter what you do from here. You can request a trade yourself at this point. Like, it's just. Let's let's get this over with. Like, is anyone having fun anymore? Just do or don't. You know what I mean? No one's having fun. Um, but the fact that he hasn't is just like they're not going to trade. Like, I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I in my gut, I just I feel that I feel like they're going to just keep everything together. They want to see how it is. The Western Conference. There's like, like why can't they be the Kings next year? You know what I mean? Like, why can't they be the the three seed? If everyone stays healthy, like, why not? Like, I don't think they're going to win the title because Denver's there. But, like, they could be extremely... If he if Dame has the type of season that he just had, he stays healthy. You get something for Simons. You move on from Nurk. Like, I don't know. Like, what do we... They could be good. They could. <laughs> I'm not selling you. Yeah, they they would have to get like the absolute right guy, but like no, I don't I don't see a world where they're like the third best team in the West. I just I don't see it. Um, Crazy like, things even have with Jaws suspension, like I I still don't I don't know. I just feel like there's going to be a lot of teams in the way. Like, the Suns just as much as we just like didn't love what they did. Yeah, they have t- three stars on their team. Um, yeah. Yeah, just I don't I don't see it. The Warriors will be back. Um before we get out of here, this is a little bit random, but we were talking about the heat and one of the things I was thinking was if they don't get Dame, mm-hmm. I feel like it'll be considered a bit of a failure of an off season. But one mm-hmm. pivot I was thinking about was do they take some of what they were going to offer for Dame and like maybe throw the kitchen sink at sink at uh, OG Ananobi. Okay, so like hero and picks. Yeah. Or I don't. I have to. I don't have the cap sheets in front of me. I'm pretty sure hero makes a lot more than OG right now. But I, I guess Toronto could throw in salary. Um, mm-hmm. But as those are the founding principles, like you could also do Duncan, like something more centered around him too. Sure. Yeah, that's true. I think you might be onto something, honestly. Would OG be okay with that, though? I mean, as a team that's kind of starved for offense, I feel like he'll definitely have a bigger role. I think he fits pretty well into Heat culture. Plays with Kyle again. Um, becomes like if they don't the stretch Kyle Lowry, they, as has been yeah, reported. This is true. This is true. Um, becomes like the big wing defender that they didn't have throughout like the the finals and yeah i think maybe i like it more for miami i haven't thought too too much about the og side of it but i don't look at the miami heat starting lineup and think oh like it's gonna be hard to find shots in it 
Like Butler is kind of about as deferential as they come as far as stars go. Bam's yeah. a great playmaker. Um, yeah. Hero was the guy eating up most of his shots, honestly. Yeah, I think I think it's really it's interesting just the whole concept philosophically of pivoting like that to get a not a superstar but a very good player um at a cost and it would be really interesting to to me just to see how much draft capital Miami would be willing to part with Mm -hmm. for someone like OG Ananobi when they are star hunting and if it's not Dame you might want to just keep that powder dry for the next star, whoever that is. So that could be their their thought process as well. Um, but that's that's a fascinating one. Yeah, it's a tough one to actually see happening because the other end of it is just how much, you know, the, as much as Miami is star hunting, like the Raptors are treating OG Ananobi like he's a star in terms of just how much, you know, like they're willing to... It, like this, like they don't. They it feel it feels like they don't want to trade him unless it's like a like a Brooklyn Nets Dame package or something. Yeah, and they might get it. To be honest with you, like they okay. could have played this really wisely. I mean, Pascal's a free agent to be. Fred's probably gone. Uh, Scotty's team. Like I don't know. I I feel like you just should start over if you're Toronto. But that's a whole. That's a different whole podcast episode that we should have, frankly, in the future. We should. Yeah. Let's talk Toronto at some point. Okay. All right. Do you have anything else before we get out of here? I, I do not. But this was a lovely conversation. This was fun. This was fun. Uh, my my powder of, of takes is dry after this. So <laughs> feeling ready. You know, you just got to create space for more sometimes. So this is good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, all right. We'll I'll talk to you next week. I'm sure a lot of this stuff will be resolved. Uh, maybe we'll already be in like, you know, as Tom Ziller put it in his new newsletter this, uh, this morning, Chuck Hayes was a problem era by, uh, by <laughs> next week, or we'll be, we'll be anticipating Wembenyama's summer league debut or something like that. Uh, but we'll, I'm sure we'll have some fun stuff to talk about. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Chris, for producing. I'll see all of you next week. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.